This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. What's going on? Welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Sellerson. Hope this Tuesday finds you well as the Pelicans are back in the Big Easy. It was a late night for those who watched or listened, the Pelicans and the Jazz. Unfortunately, last night, New Orleans fell to Utah 108 to 100. Back and forth game as the Pelicans were able to take a lead in the third quarter, but then the Jazz went on a run and never looked back from there. 108 to 100 is your final score. Again, Anthony Davis was doing Anthony Davis things. 36 points, 17 rebounds, 12 with 23 shooting. No DeMarcus Cousins for the second straight game with a right ankle sprain. But Drew Holiday, 19 points, 5 assists. Solomon Hill with 11. And Jordan Crawford, 14 points off the bench. Team shot well, 46% from the field. 37 of 80, 10 of 25 from long range. Unfortunately, missed 8 free throws, which could have been the difference. Another positive, though, 9 turnovers for New Orleans. Only 8 points off those turnovers for the Jazz. But the Jazz, too much firepower. Even without Gordon Hayward, Derek Favors, and Alec Burks, they had five players in double figures, led by Rudy Gobert and Rodney Hood, both with 20 points. Gobert, though, with 19 rebounds and five blocks to go along with those 20 points. And Rodney Hood, four of seven from long range. It was the threes that really killed New Orleans tonight. The Jazz, in their starting lineup, 12 three-pointers made between Joe Ingles, who was five of five, Rodney Hood, who was four of seven, and George Hill, who was three of six, and not to mention Jordan Joe Johnson, two of three from long range off the bench, and he finished with... 14. So the Pelicans drop now to 31 and 43, or four and a half back with five, eight games to go heading into tonight's action. The Blazers and the Nuggets actually face each other tonight. So either way, you're going to be five back with eight to go before the homestand starts tomorrow night against the Dallas Mavericks. So we're getting to the point where it's basically must win from here on out for the Pelicans. And you are playing some teams that are in front of you to end the season. You have the last game against Portland on uh, April 12th, and the Dallas Mavericks again rolling the town tomorrow. But homestand, chance to win all four. Mavericks tomorrow, Kings on Friday, Bulls on Sunday, and then you have those Nuggets who are in front of you as well. After beating them on the road, you faced them in the home finale, and then you head to their place two days later. So let's see if the Pelicans can bounce back after a 1-2 and two road trip, and we'll welcome in the Dallas Mavericks tomorrow on today's show we have a good one for you we'll talk with Jim Eichenhofer as I normally do on Tuesdays I'm sure uh, he needs some coffee let's just put it that way as the team got in late 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 last night we'll talk to him about the road trip and these last eight games plus we'll hear from Sterling Moore who re-signed with the Saints this offseason the cornerback will join us to talk about why he signed with the Saints and what he's been up to this offseason plus I hope you were able to catch Jarius's interview with Randy Moss yesterday. Such a fun interview as Jarius celebrated his 15th birthday on Sunday. He did a, a slew of interviews last week, and we're going to play another one for you today. Zach Ryder, WWE former Intercontinental Champion. He's hurt right now, but one of Jarius's favorite wrestlers. Zach Ryder will join the program later on in the show. So let's get started. First up, Jim Eikenhofer from Pelicans.com followed by Sterling Moore, and then Jarius with WWE superstar Zack Ryder. Stay with us. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. 
It's family night. You take the wife and kids to a new hibachi restaurant. The flames go up. Your wife's eyebrows get singed off. And Junior leaves with a black eye, thanks to a projectile shrimp. But it doesn't have to be this way. Win the night with the New Orleans Pelicans, facing off against the Chicago Bulls Sunday, April 2nd, with free mini basketballs for the first 3,000 kids. Visit pelicans.com for tickets and win the night. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, the hearty way to fuel your game, and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. Welcome back to the show. Time now to recap last night's game between the Pelicans and the Jazz and look ahead to the last eight games of the season. Joining me now is Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com, who I'm sure is chugging gallons and gallons of coffee this morning as he got in early, early this morning, or late this morning, I should say, from Salt Lake City. Jim, I appreciate you waking up for us, and I hope this Tuesday finds you well, my friend. <laughs> no problem. We I, we got here around 5 a.m. I think I fell asleep around 6, 6.30. But, um, but I actually feel pretty good, so um, ready to go. Ready for Black and Blue Report. You say you're feeling pretty good, but I think that's the lack of sleep talking right now. I'm sure you're a little tired. But... <laughs> that's true. I might be delusional. You it might... might hit me later in the day. <laughs> you might try to get a hold of me later and find out that I just, I've been asleep for like taking like a five- or six-hour nap and have one of those moments where you wake up and you're not sure – whether it's the afternoon or the morning or the night so, or what day it is. Yeah, with some but of these, for right now, I'm good. So. Yeah, with some of these West Coast games, it's kind of hard to have a sleeping schedule, that's for sure, and the Pelicans go back out West after this last homestand. But, Jim, let's talk about first last night's game, 108-100 to with your final score in Utah, a game that the Jazz had no Gordon Hayward, Alec Burks, or Derek Favors. Pelicans didn't have DeMarcus Cousins. Um seemed like you were trailing a lot of the game. You were able to get a lead in the third quarter, then kind of lost it, and the Jazz never looked back. But I feel like, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, I felt like the three-point shooting was a difference in last night's game as the Jazz had 15 threes. What would you say the difference was last yeah. night? Yeah, that was exactly what I was going to say, actually. Um, I think we, you know, we learn stuff every season. And to me, one of the biggest takeaways that I've had from not just watching the Pelicans but the whole NBA this year is that three-point shooting, I mean, for obvious reasons, the teams are taking more than they ever have and making more. Three-point shooting is becoming such an important part of the NBA that you you could be – there's nights where you could be really good in every other area of the game, but if you're not good in three-point shooting and the other team is, you're probably going to lose. So I think that was definitely the biggest factor last night. Um, Utah made some tough shots. They also got some good looks as well, particularly earlier in the game. Um and so that combination, they ended up shooting, I think it was 14 for 25 on threes, and that was really the difference maker in the game. To me, um, you watch a game like that, and a lot of other games recently, as well as throughout the whole season, and you say, it makes you wonder, like, this off season for, I, I really think there's, I've been saying this lately, I think there's only about three or four teams that can't go into this, that shouldn't go into this off season saying we need to add shooting. I think for across the board in the NBA, that should be the emphasis for a lot of teams. 
maybe like Golden State, Houston, Cleveland are the only teams that, that you could say, okay, they, they probably have enough three-point shooting. But um, for everybody else, I, I think that's something that it should be prioritized. And there might be some guys out there that are going into free agency that um, end up signing a, a lot bigger contract than maybe they had thought or people around the league had thought just because that is such a should be such an emphasis right now I think based on what we've seen this season yeah that's a fair statement I would agree with that my friend um let's talk about this road trip a little bit and I know this team is not up for moral victories and neither am I but I thought the Pelicans were in all three games especially the Houston game on Friday night unable to come up short or unable to come up with a win on Friday then you had the big win over Denver probably one of your best wins of the season, and then of course falling short last night to the Jazz. How would you assess the road trip? A uh, road trip that went one and two for New Orleans. I think in a vacuum it wasn't bad because you both the, both of the losses were. Um, I know a few fans were were talking about this last night or tweeting this that they were really pleased with the resiliency that the team has shown, and I think that was that has has improved from the beginning of the season. Um, earlier in the year, it seemed like on the road there were times where. If any adversity struck, you know the game would get away from the Pelicans, and the other team would would kind of run away with it. It seems like in both the Houston game and the Utah game, there were deficits, but they were erased. And last night they were down 18 and were able to not only get rid of that deficit but take a, a lead briefly. So, um, but as I was saying, in a vacuum, it, it was it wasn't a bad road trip, and you beat a really good Denver team. The problem is, is that with the time. With what little time is remaining in the season, one and two was was not something that you could really live with as far as the playoff race goes. So um, I look at it as good and bad. I think if this trip had happened earlier in the year, you would have had a better feeling about it. But now with your you know four and a half games out with only eight left, it was it was just from a bottom line standpoint, it was tough to go one and two on this trip. Yeah, it was this I was about to ask you about, you know, the Pelicans have been playing rel- well recently. They're 5 and 3 in their last eight. You can kind of see they're turning the corner a little bit. Is this just um kind of a too little too late scenario for New Orleans? Yeah, it could be. I mean, if it it's it's pretty it's pretty tough to look at the situation right now and see uh, I mean, a realistic way that they can make the playoffs, to be honest. Um right now, the way I look at it is kind of breaking it into two segments because you have a four-game homestand and then a four-game road trip after that. Um, really, short term, they need to sweep this homestand. And after tonight, uh, the Blazers are playing the Nuggets tonight. So they'll be four, they'll, def, they'll automatically be five games out with eight left to play after tonight's game, regardless of the wins between Portland and Denver. To me, you have to sweep the homestand and hope that you can cut, you know, two or three games off of that five-game lead so that, or deficit so that when you go into that four-game road trip to end the season, you still have a chance. But obviously, if you're still four games out with four left, it's virtually impossible. And then if you're still five games out, it it literally is impossible. So that's kind of the way I look at it right now. Is that they? It's a really it's a really tall order. It's a really tough hill to climb. But right now, they you know from a fan standpoint or media standpoint. Um, to me, I, I just look at they need to they need to try to sweep this homestand, win all four games, and then we'll see where they are after that. Of as far as whether they have a chance, and if they do have a chance, how how uh, realistic is it at that point? Yeah, the the chances are pretty slim, as you mentioned, and you can even go eight and zero to last eight games and might not even make the playoffs. So, with that being said, let's be realistic here and just talk about the last eight games. 
with the playoff chances dwindling for New Orleans, what do you want to see from this team in those last eight? I think I want to see um, them continue to to play play well on defense. I know last night they had some lapses and gave up. Utah shot really well, so you can't totally put it on the New Orleans didn't play good defense. But I want to see them um, continue to do well at that end, You know, finish in the top maybe six or eight in the league in efficiency by the end of the season. So going into next year, you can point to that and say, you know, if we can keep doing that, that's going to be a huge help. And now we need the offense to, to make a big jump. Um, also, just just to continue to be competitive, um, I think, as you mentioned, um, they're 6-3 and three since the, the Toronto loss, um, which was kind of a one-sided game and not a pretty one. But the three losses since then have been um, at Miami, at Houston, at Utah. So, they haven't had too many. They haven't really had any games where any real clunkers lately, where you were just like, "Man, they just didn't didn't bring it tonight." So, um, I think you know, depending on the situation as far as the race goes, you always want to see them continue to focus and continue to to bring intensity every game and and be able to look themselves in the mirror at the end of every night and say, you know, we played hard and we did everything possible we could to put ourselves in position to win the game. So. I think that's one of the one of the big things going forward is just to you know keep keep uh, playing in a way that you can respect regardless of whether they still have a chance to make the playoffs or not. As far as the Demarcus Cousins experiment, I want to say experiment just because he is new with this team. What do you want to see with that duo or not duo? What do you want to see with him? Whether it is with Anthony Davis on the court, whether they're staggered on and off the court. As far as Demarcus is concerned, these last eight, if healthy. What do you want to see from him in this ball club as far as trying to mesh together still? Probably a lot of the same things that we saw in the last few games before he was injured with the with the ankle. Um, it did seem like, I know there's a lot of stats to back this up. I don't have them in, right in front of me. But that the last segment of games that he played, the Pelicans' offense was much better than the first, you know, maybe six or seven games that he was here after the trade. So, um, basically just continue what they were doing before his injury. We don't know um, if he's going to be able to play Wednesday or, or how soon he's going to come back, but whatever, whenever that happens, just to see him, um, you know, you, you don't expect him to have the kind of game he had um, against Memphis all the time where he had, was it, 41. But it would be nice to see something like that or similar to that every so often and just the team overall to put up the points that they were. Um right before the injury. I know right after the trade and immediately after the move, they had a couple games where they scored in the 80s or low 90s, and it's been a pretty drastic difference if you if you look at the recent games compared to what happened you know, right after the trade deadline. All right, so eight more to go. Four-game homestand in the final homestand begins tomorrow against the Dallas Mavericks. That's Jim Mike offer from Pelicans.com. Jim, appreciate it as always, and get some sleep, my friend. <laughs> I'll try to do that, but... Uh... It's back in action tomorrow, so we gotta don't have a lot of time to, uh, to to relax here. I hear you on that one, that's for sure. All right, when we come back, we'll talk Saints. We'll hear from Sterling Moore. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. The 
your future is bright for your New Orleans Pelicans with the addition of all-star DeMarcus Cousins along with Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday. The time is now to become a Pelican season ticket holder. Those locking in their seats by Friday, March 31st will take advantage of the price freeze and also receive a food and beverage gift card worth up to $600. Call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today and win the night. Are you ready for a new challenge? Set your goal and go for it with the Smoothie King Change a Meal Challenge. Just change one meal a day with over 20 delicious meal replacement smoothies, all under 400 calories per 20-ounce cup, and sip your way to your goal weight. With flavors like pineapple mango, strawberry blueberry, dark chocolate banana, and more, it's easier than ever to reach for your goal. Take the Change a Meal Challenge, only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Take the challenge as part of the low-calorie diet and daily exercise program. Weight loss depends on individual needs. Auctioner believes the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Here, our doctors and staff are changing lives day after day. Every week, I'm operating on babies who are days old with hearts smaller than walnuts. We're giving these kids a life they wouldn't otherwise have, a chance to grow up. Sometimes, cancer patients come who were told they were out of options. But Auctioner has the most clinical trials in the state. It's amazing to be able to give second chances. We're always a step ahead, even with simple things, like getting you in to see a doctor today versus a week from now, so what you have doesn't become something bigger. It makes a difference. Every day, Auctioner is creating a better future by looking forward and thinking differently to find life-changing solutions. That's healthcare with peace of mind. Appointments are available today. Call 866-AUCTIONER or visit auctioner.org. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the show. Over the past couple of weeks, we've been talking to players that have signed or re-signed with the New Orleans Saints. One of those guys is Sterling Moore, who will be back with the team next season. Sterling, first of all, thanks for coming on, and congrats on the new deal. Uh, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Uh, glad to be on. Yeah, you mentioned back in January that you wanted to re-sign with the Saints. What were the biggest reasons for doing so? I just felt that this was, uh, you know, it was such a young secondary, and uh, you know, we started to play a lot better at the end of the year. And I think we, you know, we have a chance to really come together. Um, you know, it's a, it's a great room, and and along with Aaron Glenn as our coach, I mean, you can't ask for a better coach, a guy who's played 15 years and kind of gets it from a player's perspective. What, what, how much did you learn from him? I obviously you said you learned a lot, but what were some of the takeaways you've you've been able to gain from him in just the short time that you've had with him on the team? Uh, for me, it was more so just kind of recognizing, you know, the way offenses want to attack us, you know, in the secondary. I mean, you can go through routes all you want. You, you know, you can know the route tree. You can know combinations. But um, until you really understand, you know, you know the weaknesses of the def- of our defense, you know, as any defense has a weakness, you know, and what teams want to want to do to try to attack us and, and to get those, get to those type of plays, um, you know, that's when you really start becoming a better player. Now, you personally made a career-high 12 starts last year with the Saints. How would you describe last season in New Orleans? For me, it was good. I mean, it was kind of a whirlwind at the beginning, you know, getting there, you know, just in the first week and then, you know, starting, you know, starting week two and uh, from there on out. So it was, uh, you know, for me at the beginning, it was a whirlwind, but, you know, things kind of settled down. Um, you know, I had to take more so of a leadership role and, and kind of bring the younger guys along as I was the oldest corner in the group. 
um, you know, even though I was only 26. So it was a uh, kind of a growing up year for me, but it was a, it was a big step for me, and it was, it was a year that I needed, and I and I feel like I prospered in that year. So personally, do you feel like you were able to take that leap forward as far as being a leader on this team? You don't think about a 25, 26 year old uh, being a leader, but in, in in the grand scheme of things in the NFL, of course, there's injuries and stuff like that where you had to step up. Did you feel like you did turn a corner last year as far as your leadership is? Yeah, I definitely did. I mean, I would probably say around. You know, it took me a while because I didn't want to step on guys' toes. I know, you know, especially with Roman Harper being there. Um, Jerry's has been there. Kenny had been there. So it was – at first, you know, I was kind of quiet and reserved and didn't want to, you know, just kind of feeling things out, feeling guys out in the room. Um, but, you know, as the season went on, week 12 or so, I started to really, you know, speak up as far as, you know, the night before games, speak before games and kind of get guys going. You know, I would always pull guys aside and, and talk to them about, you know, try this, try this. When you see this, you know, this is what's coming. So just things I've learned in the league – but as far as being an overall leader, um, you know, I definitely started to take that on toward the end of the year. You mentioned it was a whirlwind when you first started here. Uh, how much of an adjustment was it, you know, early on, new team, and then all of a sudden you go from not playing that, hey, you're going to start now with this team out. I mean, how much of an adjustment was it um, with a, with a new team? It, it, it was definitely an adjustment. It wasn't as big an adjustment as, you know, it, it might be for younger guys. I think for me, it's just I played in – you know, multiple systems with, you know, multiple coordinators with different lingos and, and, you know, things like that. So it kind of acclimated me, you know, to the style of, you know, the way the way that they do things in New Orleans and, um, you know, it trying to learn a certain pack. It went from trying to learn a certain package of plays um, that I knew I was going to be playing into to learning the entire defense. So, um, you know, I didn't necessarily know what everybody on the defense was doing um, last year, which is something I want to know this year. Uh, it was more so kind of, you know, what us in the secondary were doing. You know, and that's all I could wrap my mind around at the time. You're one of those guys that's able to play both inside and outside as a nickel cor- cornerback, but really never got a chance to with your previous three teams. Did that play a factor as far as you re-signing with the Saints? Uh, not necessarily. I no. mean, because I, I look at myself as, as either. I mean, in, in Tampa, I played actually the majority of my plays outside, and in Dallas, I played the majority of my plays outside. It just happened so that I was coming – in in the nickel package, but playing as the outside corner. So it's kind of I, kind of a double-edged sword with the way I'm mm-hmm. looked at as a nickel corner, but, you know, a, a lot of my reps come in at, at outside corner. So, um, you know, it, it's definitely one of those situations when I looked at coming back, it was I know they know I can play both. Um, I know that, you know, the staff has confidence in me to be able to play both um, regardless. It's just, you know, it's kind of team preference at first. I thought I was going to be just a nickel. Um, and obviously with injuries happening and things like that, I had to, you know, start on my outside as well. But I feel like they're confident in me that I'm a smart enough guy and I can take command of the, of the secondary if I need to and be able to play both those roles. Statistically, you had one of the best, uh, your best seasons of your career. I know you already talked about um, your season last year. How would you describe it? But what's next for you now that you know where you'll be? What are you trying to improve on for next year? And what do you still want to accomplish this offseason? For next year, I, I mean, I obviously had made a lot of plays on the ball. I think I was, you know, top eight, top ten in the league in, in pass defense, but I just want to have more interceptions. I mean, obviously the turnovers are huge um, in this league. If you can win the turnover battle, a lot of times you're going to win the game. Um, you know, I know I dropped an interception against Detroit. Those Just things like that that I need to, you know, just finish on, um, you know, focus on finishing in some certain plays. And, um, you know, I want to be, a, as a nickel, if I'm in the nickel, I just want to be more effective in the run game, you know, hopefully get a sack this year as, as many times as I blitzed last year. So uh, I, didn't, I didn't record a sack. But uh, And this offseason, I'm just working on, on, on focusing on, the, on getting in the playbook and, like I said, learning kind of where a lot of my help is going to be and things like that. And, you know, sometimes last year I, I wasn't necessarily sure 
you know, where a linebacker was going to be or if I'm in nickel, what, what the DN, what his stunt's going to be. Um, those are things I definitely want to kind of hone in on this, in this offseason. Is that just a lot of watching film? Is that the biggest thing you can do as far as trying to learn some of that stuff? No, it, it's more so, you know, just getting in an actual playbook in, in my iPad and kind of going over the diagrams, um, you know, because of, a lot of times, you know, especially D linemen and stuff like that, they have a lot of freedom on the, on the things that they're going to call. You know, you just got to have to open your ears on the field and, and realize that, you know, you kind of got to play off them at times and, and know the know the guys that you're playing with. You know, I, obviously last year early it was hard, uh, you know, because I don't know, you know, the style of play that you guys have on this team. And that's something you build in OTAs, training camp, things like that, things I wasn't there for. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'll be there for that this year. And the Saints have been busy these past couple of weeks, especially on the defensive side. What are your thoughts on some of your new teammates like A.J. Klein, Manti Teo, and now be able to bring back Nick Fairley? Yeah, um, you know, A.J. obviously played well when Keithley got hurt. And, uh, you know, he's played in the division. He knows the division uh, very well. So, we, obviously, he can come in and we feel like make an impact right away. Uh, Manti is a, he's a, he's a great run-stuffing linebacker. Um, and I think he's going to be great at that. I mean, I think he's a very smart player. Um, with Nick Fairley, obviously, you know, he wreaked havoc at times last year. Um, so we expect definitely, like I said, second year, guys like me and, and Nick, second year in the system, um, definitely expect to make a jump. And, and he's definitely a guy who, who can, you know, be a problem on that line. Well, I know Saints fans are looking forward to having you back on the field next season. And Sterling, I really appreciate you coming on today. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Can't wait to get back. All right, that's Sterling Moore. We'll be with the Saints for another year. We'll be back after this quick timeout. Everything you need to know about your New Orleans Pelicans is right in the palm of your hands. The New Orleans Pelicans app is easy to use, plus makes an excellent companion whether you're watching the team in the Smoothie King Center or on the road. Recently added features on the app include the latest videos and highlights, plus access to a full list of arena amenities. Download the Pelicans app for free now on your iPhone or Android devices. For more information, check out pelicans.com today. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local Winn-Dixie and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup. The hearty way to fuel your game and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. I'm Jerry Robson, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Before we get out of here on this Tuesday, I want to play that interview I spoke about in our first segment with Jarius Robertson, or as many of you call him, JJ. He spoke with Zack Ryder, WWE superstar, last week, and we wanted to play that for you as uh, WrestleMania is this Sunday. Here's JJ with one of his favorite wrestlers, Zack Ryder. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, Darius, what's up? Nothing. What's cool and with you? I'm just uh, just hanging out, doing some rehab for my knee. How you how you holding up? Good? Yep. I heard, uh, I heard it's your birthday coming up soon. Happy birthday. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, and hey. You know what else I heard? I heard you don't like The Miz. I don't like The Miz either. We got something in common. There we go. Everybody yeah, he took my intercontinental like title. I got to get it back. Yeah, the man is just like everybody's main. He's like the nervous punk you hit in somebody's neck. <laughs> so who else do you uh, who else do you like? I like John Cena, your best friend. Yeah. 
Sure, yeah, they're the best. Ray Mysterio retired? Yeah, I think he, he's gone for a while. You never know. In, in WWE, people come back all the time, so who knows, you know? I've got a question for you. What's up? What, what, what kind of questions you got? Who are you at? Who you got out of um, Brock Lesnar and... Goldberg. Goldberg. Ooh, I think uh, I got I think Brock Lesnar is gonna do it because Goldberg's won the last two, so I think Brock's like extra angry and extra motivated. I so I think Goldberg. Brock's gonna do it. He beat him a lot. What do you think? He beat. I got Goldberg because he beats him in like a minute or so. Goldberg has been dominating people, right? To Just beating them so fast. Spear, jackhammer. That's it. Yeah, to say he's a little tired. <laughs> What what other matches are you looking forward to at WrestleMania? Uh, I want to see that um that um um what's it AJ Styles match. Oh, AJ versus Shane McMahon, huh? Yep. That's gonna be a crazy one. Shane always does insane oh, stuff. So. JJ, what about hey, Zach? Um, you know that JJ is a big fan of Roman Reigns, and he's facing the Undertaker. Uh, what do you think about that matchup? We know how Jay thinks about it. I mean, The Undertaker is, you know, WrestleMania is his event, you know, but Roman Reigns is, is uh, you know, he's the big dog. So I think it might be uh, a little passing of the torch. I think it might be Roman Reigns' time. Do you see SmackDown the other time when um, that dude distracted Undertaker? Roman Reigns came out of nowhere with the spear. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That was great, right? JJ, I take it you think that Roman Reigns is going to win on WrestleMania? Yep. Well, I mean, we'll find out, right? Yep. And they need to hook me up a match. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm going to have my team. Me, Zach White, me, Zach White, John Cena, Roman Reigns versus that's, that's anybody. A, that's, a, that's, a, that's a dream team right there, bro. Versus what, anybody. What's y'all's team name going to be, Jay? <laughs> the Dream. The Dream? Yeah. Just the Dream? Okay. We get that word. I love it. I love it. Good. That's great. <laughs> it's so good. Zach, well, how are you feeling with the rehab? How's, how are things going with that? Uh, it's good. You know, every morning I, I go to the uh, performance center down here in Orlando and uh, just rehab the knee and just trying to get back as soon as possible, you know. I'm going a little crazy sitting home. Uh, I don't want to be watching SmackDown from my couch. I want to be in there, you know. No, not at all. And can we also let's go back to one of your bigger moments when uh, you won the Intercontinental title in front of your family and how big of a moment that was for you as far as your rise going going from next to a, that big of a stage? I mean, uh, last year's WrestleMania was incredible. Um, you know, those are moments that you, you dream of. And I, I literally have, have dreamt of, of winning a championship at WrestleMania, and, and I did it. It's one of those things that um, the moment that can't be taken away, it's always there. You know, WrestleMania moments live forever. And to win the Intercontinental Championship and to, to look down and see that my dad was standing in the ring. At first, I was like, what are you doing? But uh, it, it was a great moment. Um, you know, I have a, a painting of it, actually, of me hugging my dad with the Intercontinental title. It's, it's, uh, it's one of those things that I, I get goosebumps just talking about it. When is the when is the SmackDown and Raw draft? I don't know. I, they had it last summer, so I don't know when they're doing it again. So I just came home. I'm so out of the loop. I don't know anything. Well, you, you know need to get me. back to Raw. Oh, yeah? You think so? You, Roman Reigns, and John Cena need to get to Well, Roman Reigns already at Raw. You guys need to get to Raw. What's hey, wrong with, I, why, I why, why Raw? What's wrong with SmackDown, Jay? Nothing wrong with SmackDown. Nothing wrong with SmackDown. Because SmackDown is too easy for them. 
Oh, they need better competition? <laughs> yeah, it's too easy. Yeah, they dominate SmackDown too much? Yeah. Hey, Zach, I know y'all got um, WrestleMania coming up in Orlando, but people down here are excited about WrestleMania in New Orleans next year. Uh, how, what are your yeah. thoughts on it coming back to the Big Easy? Uh, I'm very excited. Uh, we were just there uh, for WrestleMania 30. Um, it was great. It was a great time just being in New Orleans the, the whole week. And, the, you know, the arena is incredible. So I'm, I'm great. I'm, I'm just a little happy that we're going back there. It's going to be a great event. Well, um, well when you get a match with me, you're going to run out on the ring. Yeah? You're going to come out with me? Yeah. You want to be the manager? Let's do it. Yeah. You're going to interfere in the match? I'm the manager. Maybe. You might? Might. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got a finishing move you want to tell? What would be your finishing move if you were, if you were oh, a team? Mine? Yeah. Mine would be the. I would still roll my range with Superman punch. Yeah. Ooh. And you then, hit that punch out of nowhere. And then hit him with an RKO? Here goes. Oh, well. <laughs> Ooh, night, night. You ready to go night, night? Oh, my God. You're a character. You, you, you got to be in WWE. You're larger than life. Yep. Your character is great. All right, you was a little late, so you killed some time, so I got to let you go. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. You know it, bro. Hey, Zach, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for calling Jay for his birthday. No problem. Happy birthday, Jay. Thank you. Good stuff. Look out for more JJ interviews throughout the week. Still have Stephanie McMahon and Jamal Adams, safety from the LSU Tigers, who will be entering the NFL Draft. All right, that will do it for today's show. Big thanks to JJ, Zach Ryder, Jim Eikenhofer, and Sterling Moore. On tomorrow's show, we'll preview Pelicans and Mavericks with David Wesley. It is a Wesley Wednesday. The Pelicans television analyst will join us to talk about what lies ahead for the New Orleans Pelicans, and we'll talk to another Saints player who recently re-signed with New Orleans, Daryl Tapp. Defensive end will join me as well. Hope you all have a great rest of your Tuesday. Until tomorrow, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.